Welcome, Attorney Amanda Wheeler, Coffee with Pros. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. Excellent. It's a pleasure. Great. So we'll talk about state planning. And tell me a little bit more about your punchline. It's a great one. Uh, actually, my tagline says, if you don't have an estate plan, the state has a plan for you. So what I'm telling people there is there are statutes, there are regulations that govern who gets what when you pass away. Uh, but most people that I know, at least, uh, want to make that decision themselves. So what we're doing with the state planning is we are empowering people to take control uh, of their assets. People who have families, children, uh, parents that they need to protect, it's important that they put it down in writing, what it is that they want to see happen. Uh, certain families, particularly families that are blended, mm -hmm. they most definitely need to articulate what it is that they want to see happen should they pass away, because it's quite possible that someone can be forgotten, uh, or overlooked, or intended to be disinherited. Right. And if that's the case, you have to state it. You can't uh, fool around with that. In other words, if there's someone in your family that has uh, fallen short of God's <laughs> glory, you want to you know, make sure you let people know that you don't want that person to receive your assets. Absolutely. So what we... What we try to do is to put people in a, a position so that when a loved one passes away, you don't have that extra burden of trying to juggle the finances at that point. Uh, while a person is grieving, that is the worst possible time to have to make, make decisions. Right. So we try to encourage people to get it done and get it done in advance. And it, especially, it, it correlates with what we do. We help people buy homes, uh, refinance their homes, and about 90% of the individuals that, that I've helped don't have trusts in place. They don't, and that's where you can help us. Yeah, exactly. And we can help you. Right. Um, I, tell re I work with a lot of real estate people. I work with a lot of mortgage lenders as well, uh, like, like your uh, company. And what we tell them is that Every time you sell a house or finance a house, it's almost your responsibility to ask that uh, person who's doing the financing or ask that person who's buying that piece of real estate, have you covered this property by putting it into a living trust? It, um, many people, they're so busy thinking about, oh, I want to decorate, you know, we need a new pool. Getting my keys. Yeah, getting the keys, <laughs> all the things that are important and exciting and um, very um, person-oriented when it comes to buying or financing a house. But really the most important thing that you can do to secure your family's future is make sure that that, fam uh, that family asset, which is the major asset usually, is contained in a trust so that once you pass away, you don't have to worry about your family being tied up in probate indefinitely or for a long period of time to make so, so that they can uh, sell that property if they need to sell that property so that they can refinance it if they need to refinance it. Because a lot of things, the economics can change right. when, uh, especially the principal breadwinner, 
passes away. So you don't want to leave your family, your children uh, in a situation uh, where there's a big question mark. Right. And and there is a misconception, and I know you and I briefly talked about it, to where I've received some sort of pushback, and it's probably the lack of knowledge. They don't teach this in school. So, uh, and I don't know to what degree can can someone teach state planning, of course, to keep it very basic, especially, let's, let's, let's say, in high school. Anyway, the pushback is that these trusts are mostly for the wealthy. That is, that, that's a bad myth, that one that I try to fight every day. I have intentionally prepared, done seminars with groups that are not among the traditionally wealthy, people who may just be, you know, working folks like you and like you and me, and, and they have something. They may not have generational wealth at right. this point, yeah. but they have something that's important that they pass it on properly. I tell people that my bottom line for who needs an estate plan, anyone who owns any real estate, especially in the state of California, you need an estate plan. Just to make it simple, when you compare the cost of doing an estate plan versus the cost of being dragged into probate, um, it is so much greater. We're talking 10 or more times greater to have to go through probate. Not to mention the fact that at that point in time when you're appearing before a judge who doesn't know you, doesn't know what your values are, knows very little bit about your family, sometimes you end up in a situation where you're placed on a family allowance. You want to be in a position so that your spouse or your loved one can control those assets, can keep the family maintained in the position that they were accustomed to before the loss, can make sure that the kids' education is paid for, that the children um, are placed with the proper people, assuming, you know, both, if something happens to both spouses, say you go on a vacation and, you know, God forbid, you both don't come back, but maybe you have young children. Right. You want to make sure that you state who it is under the guardianship provision that will take physical custody of your children. That person can be different from the one who's handling the money. But, you know, as you know, it, um, not everybody is good with kids. Right. So you want to make sure your children are in a situation where they will not only be t- financially secure, but so that they are also physically secure and feeling loved and and comforted as much as possible given you know the loss of parents. So there's it, a lot of people say oh that's just all doom and gloom. Well yeah, it's it's well, well, it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's doom and gloom but it's necessary. It's facing life. It's a reality. You know? It's yeah. a reality. It's facing life and the fact that none of us are going to be here forever. And so what we have to do is to plan. Hopefully, you know, we get a long run out of it. But, you know, in case, whether it's long or short, your your time here, the important thing is that you do what's responsible and that you try to, and you think in terms of the next generation exactly. and the next generation. And that can put us, you know, into a position where maybe we're no longer uh, those people who don't, who thought that they didn't need a trust, but people who are setting the groundwork so that their trust will benefit someone behind them and then encourage their children to do the same thing. 
Absolutely. have a lot of parents who come in and actually pay their adult pay for their adult children's estate plans. And that's a better Christmas gift than anything that they can give them. Yes, just, it just is. Just think about it. You know, you get uh, you get an object or a toaster, and that breaks. <laughs> right. It's got a limited life. It life has span. a limited life, but yeah. uh, sometimes people want to want to coordinate. You know, I put this in place. My kids will get this when I'm gone, and then in turn, they have something to leave uh, for their children. And that's how you create generational wealth. No matter how much it is when you start, yeah. as long as you are amplifying it and passing on something of value, you're doing the right thing. Do you offer Christmas gift cards? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually do offer. Oh, uh, great! Uh, I do have. Uh, I do have uh, gift cards that that uh, that you can give to someone. Uh, but perfect. all you got to do is tell me, hey, when he comes in, his bill is paid. It's fine. Okay, great. And so, would you advise? future home buyers to obviously start planning for it once they become homeowners or they should try to look into a, 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 tr a trust beforehand? Well, at least by the time they become homeowners, you know, that should become a, a priority for okay. them. More important than putting that swimming pool out there. Yeah. More important than, you know, putting in new landscaping. They should budget for it, and they should plan for it, because as long as you don't have that estate plan in place, you're, you're, you're open, open for bad possibilities. And so you want to get it done, want to put it behind you, and 95% of the people who come to my office to do a, an estate plan, once it's done, they literally breathe a sigh of relief. They leave and they say, I'm so glad I got that done, you know, got that off the table, and I don't have to worry about it. I, uh, funny story, I have had more than one client rush in days before they're on their way to vacation, and all of a sudden they're in a panic. You know, we, right. oh, can you do my estate plan? Well, when are you leaving? Oh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So you've got to come in, give yourself sufficient time, because the longest delay is obviously we've got to know what it is that you want to do. We've got to know your desires. We've got to have some idea of what assets, level of assets that we're talking about. So it takes a minute to get it done. It doesn't have to take a long period of time. It can be rather brief. It can be a couple of weeks. Sure. As long as you come in, I do a, a, a free consultation, assuming you are going forward with the estate plan. We do it on a, on a fixed fee basis. And um, hopefully if the client turns their paperwork in within a, a week, which is reasonable, we can have them you know, done and out and ready to move about the uh, country <laughs> as soon as that, that's behind them. But not, not the next day. <laughs> not the next day. Not the next day. Now, I have had, unfortunately, a few rare experiences where I've had to move rather quickly. And, and frankly, it puts a, stress, a major stress upon me. It's much easier if things are done within the office. Um, I've had to run to nursing homes. I've been to hospitals where people were literally, you know, on their deathbed. And that is a horrible thing. Yeah. Uh, and I try, I really try to avoid it. I try to avoid it. I've been roped into it a few times, and each time it takes a major toll upon not only the person who's in the hospital, because just think about it. That's the last thing you want to think about when you're on your deathbed. You, your mind is not clear. 
you don't have a chance to organize because usually when someone's doing an estate plan, they have to go and sit down with their file and say, okay, this is what I have. Uh, incredibly enough, people often will f remember things that they have forgotten about. You know, maybe you did a CD five years ago and just let it roll. You haven't gone back to check on it. It's just been something that you've been meaning to get to or intending intending to get to and maybe roll it over into something else. But people start remembering things that, frankly, they have forgotten. And so the not only does the estate plan avoid probate, it also helps you to get organized. It forces you to get organized. Absolutely. When you come out of my office, you've got a binder and you've got everything in there that someone looking at your financial situation would need in order to administer your estate. Right. And um, from experience, of course, I'm one of your customers. <laughs> um, Amen to that. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, there, uh, there was a, a great relief after completing that trust and the most stressful part about that that trust that the application of course and filling out the, the paperwork was thinking about the the future of the kids okay who's right. going like you said and uh, you're a new father so yeah. will they be good with the kids and things that you don't think about but in reality like you said doom and gloom but there are two things that are certain in life, taxes and death. That's right. And you have to, like you said, you have to plan for it. So other, when you're gone, someone else will be will be scrambling. And then, you know, like you said, the state will potentially be. They'll be dictating what it right. is that happens. And you don't want them to dictate. No. You want to dictate that. Yeah. Um, I often uh, uh, joke with my clients. Uh, some people come in and they're, they're a little bit extreme as far as wanting to dictate, you know, what happened. I think I was when we... You, you, no, you weren't bad. I don't remember you. I don't remember you being that bad. Um, but there are some people who come in and, and they are literally trying to uh, regulate from the grave. And I have to say, hold on, you know, you cannot regulate from the grave. Don't, don't try to tell that guy who it is that he can date and who it is that he can marry. Yeah. They, they won't listen. And if you put those kinds of restrictions in, you're just basically hamstringing your uh, successor trustee. Yeah. So you don't want to get so strict that it, it gets crazy. So one question that I've uh, encountered, uh, revocable and irrevocable trust. Can you elaborate a little bit more on those? I can. What we typically do for 99% of our clients is a revocable trust. Revocable simply means that during your lifetime, as long as there is breath, you have the ability to change your mind to change the provisions, uh, to put a beneficiary in the trust, to take a beneficiary out of the trust. Uh, the irrevocable trust, and I've had a lot of people will approach you and say, well, I want to make sure that you know everything is uh, bulletproof, that no one can get to me. And, I, and that depends upon your level of assets, of course. If you are someone who can afford to part with ownership of that asset, then, then that's, that may be fine, irrevocable. Um, most often when I've done irrevocable trust, it's been for elderly people who don't necessarily need the income or the asset on a current basis because then you're literally transferring ownership 
to another person, to a trustee other than yourself. And what the irrevocable portion of it means is that you can't just go in there and take that, take that asset back. So you have to be very, very careful in offering that uh, to someone and making sure that they really understand that this is not this is not a plaything. If you need the money, if you need the rent from a property, then probably an irrevocable trust may not be the best best thing for you at this point in time. There are different types of trusts that can be done, you know, charitable trust, uh, remainder trust, annuity trust. There's any number of things that can be done. Um, typically, I refer someone to a tax specialist if if that's what they need, but most people coming into the office are are looking for and are going to get a revocable trust. Okay, and you also, uh, we had a brief conversation prior to the start of the podcast about wills. I know certain people have reached out to you with regards to wills, and they've asked you what sh- I should u- go with, a trust or a will. And what I, um, and, and if you don't learn anything uh, else from this podcast, let me just point out, if you have a will and only a will, you will end up in probate. So that's- Pay attention. F- yes. <laughs> that is the first thing that I tell people. Um, a will is not going to keep you out in prob- out of probate. Of course, I'm talking California law yes. now. I'm not talking- uh, Yeah, we're in California things here. <laughs> maybe, I don't know what's happening uh, down yonder, but uh, uh, that, that's what we're talking about. And the- um, what we do when someone comes in for estate planning is we do a package of documents for them. First, uh, the living trust is usually the main document. It's the anchor point. It's the, the, the centerpiece of the documentation that we pre- prepare for them. We'll also do a will um, that's considered as a backup to the trust. And we'll do, if it's a spouses uh, doing the trust together, each one will have a separate will. We'll do a durable power of attorney for asset management. Now, that uh, durable power of attorney, or what we refer to as DPOA, is important because during your lifetime, you may, say, get injured or develop some kind of a condition where you really can't speak for yourself. Uh, We get a lot of people who have Alzheimer's. Uh, Dementia has become a big thing. It seems like it's growing. And so during your lifetime, you may need someone to speak on your behalf. So that DPOA will fill in in that circumstance. um, So we do the uh, advanced health care directive, also extremely important. Um, I don't know if you recall, but this was many years ago. There was a young lady who became um, the object of a tug of war between a husband and the family and and his and the mother and father of uh, the person who had been in the hospital for 15 years. And this thing turned into a real political football. And they were flashing you know, pictures of, of, of the young lady while she was in the hospital, at, you know, not, at her, not at her best, uh, st- in her best state, but she had been in this condition for many years and the husband wanted to terminate the uh, medical services that she was getting and the family didn't and she didn't have a didn't have an advanced health care directive unfortunately so this thing became a political football and i just felt badly every time i saw it flashed on the news because this is not the kind of thing that should be on the news this is a personal private 
uh, decision. So if you do your advanced health care directive, I'm not saying it will prevent um, contest or prevent acrimony among family members, but it will at least speak very loudly in terms of what your wishes are uh, as far as who's going to make the final decisions, uh, as far as what you know, post-mortem situations. Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to make gifts of vital organs? And gifts of vital organs are very important. Anytime that you go into the hospital um, and have a serious situation, the doctors are going to ask you, do you have a durable power of attorney? And that's different from the little form that the, um, the, the, the doctor might have you fill out in his <laughs> office. It's a lot broader. So uh, I always recommend that people get that done at the same time, and it's a part of the package. And there's some other lesser documents that um, I won't mention at this point. Of course, yeah. So if you have any questions, please contact Attorney Amanda Wheeler. Uh, you'll see the information right under the podcast and the YouTube video if you need to get a hold of her. Thank you for having me, Doug. It's really been a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully we'll reach some audiences of those people who thought they weren't really in that uh, net worth situation where they needed a living trust. If you own any property, get your living trust. There you go. Attorney Amanda Wheeler, everyone. Thank you very much.